Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Mega Trends, presented by SAP, helping the world run better and improve people's lives. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to help resolve some of the world's biggest challenges and to create real business impact. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. We always say it. We always mean it, and it's true. Welcome. Interesting show today. I have an opening quote, the buzz on the street, we like to call it, from Kevin Plank, an American billionaire businessman and philanthropist. You may not have heard of his name, but he's the founder, CEO, and chairman of Under Armour. Okay, now you know who he is. Here's the quote. Brands are all about trust. Trust is earned in drops, but lost in buckets. Just let that sink in for a moment. How close to the edge of that being lost in buckets is your company? We don't want you to get there. So what are we talking about today? Well, I don't know what the source of the survey is, but I have it on good, reliable information that almost 64% of consumers and companies around the world will buy or boycott a brand. Ah, that's, that's a big number. Whether it's food components, spare parts, raw materials or chemicals, or even software services and data, they will buy or boycott a brand solely based on its position and practices on a social or environmental issue that matters to them. That's right. What is your company doing that resonates or doesn't resonate so well, positively or negatively or neutral, lukewarm in the middle with the people you want to sell to? What do they think about your company? Do they agree with what you're doing? So let's talk about a reality check here. We've got a global economy. We have very, very complex supply networks. The challenges of gaining and maintaining trust, which you want to do, whether your customers are B2C, B2B, or everything in between, the challenges of gaining and maintaining that trust will grow with the distance between the producer and the consumer. How far apart are you from them? How many levels of trustworthiness are there in that from you to them? It's a big problem. It's a big challenge for many companies. So let's talk about new technologies. How can new technologies help create trusted products? And the good news is that leads to higher revenues, more customer satisfaction and loyalty, and better business. Oh, my Big topic. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and this is our wonderful series called Game Changing Mega Trends Radio. Shout out to one of our panelists, Tom Conan, is one of the sponsors of this series. Always brings us great topics. So we're talking about trusted products today. You want them. You want people to trust your products and your company. So let me tell you who my three esteemed panelists are, and then we'll get started with their opening quotes. Tony Costa is a Senior VP and Chief Information Officer for Bumblebee Seafood. We're absolutely delighted to have Tony with us today. He's a newcomer on Game Changers Radio. Joining him is Jeff Howell. Also a newcomer, I believe, Global VP of the High Tech Industry Business Unit at SAP. Welcome to Jeff. And rounding out the panel, as I mentioned, one of our sponsors of this series, Tom Conan. I love your title, Tom, Innovation Scout for SAP Industries. I think I want to be an Innovation Scout when I grow up. It's just a sexy title. Let's go around the table to Tony Costa at Bumblebee Seafood. And Tony has sent us a wonderful quote that's almost from Walt Disney. It's actually from Walt Disney World. Um, The reason I say this, Tony, is that there was an employee named Tom. Tom Fitzgerald, who was tasked with writing a slogan or a quote for the Epcot ride called Horizons in the 1980s. After he published this, everybody thought it was said by Walt Disney, so we'll go with a combination. Here's the quote. If you can dream it, you can do it. Tony Costa, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? Good morning, Bonnie. Everything wonderful in your world, I hope? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be a part of this. And, uh, well, we're, we're and, delighted. Um, yeah. Tell me something. If you can dream it, you can do it. We're talking about trusted products, Tony. Give us a minute or so. What, what does this quote mean to our topic today? In your own words, please. Well, for me, you know, I picked this quote because if you think about dreaming, uh, it, it has a direct correlation to innovation. And you talk mm-hmm. about innovation is all about dreamers and coming up with the next big thing and you know where would we be without without the latest technology and innovation uh i'm going to share a lot of my thoughts today around blockchain and what we're doing and obviously the the segue from that is 
you know, uh, for us is providing that level of transparency through blockchain to our consumers and to our retailers. And, you know, there's that other quote that says, trust takes a lifetime to earn and seconds to lose. Mm-hmm. And for us, it, it's incredibly important that we maintain that with our consumers and retailers. And, Tony, it's so applicable to your industry. Food, seriously, we want to know, is it safe? Isn't that really what it comes down to? Is it safe? And then the backstory would be, where did it come from? Who brought it to us? How did it get here? How was it handled? Is it in good condition? Is it cold? Is it hot? Is it fresh? Are we going to be enjoying it? Are we going to get sick from it? There's so many aspects of that for your industry. Isn't that right, Tony? Absolutely. We will tell you food safety is the number one objective of our company. Um, And close second is traceability, sustainability, complete transparency is top of mind for all of our consumers and retailers. So, you know, as a company, we've always been kind of a leader in these areas, and we continue to push the envelope with uh, blockchain and other innovative technologies. Very important. Thank you very much. It's hard to imagine uh, products like tuna fish and blockchain in the same sentence, but we're going to find out how as we get into the show. Thank you, Tony. We're so pleased to have you here. I know how busy you are. Let's move slightly around the table. Give Tony a break for a couple minutes, and we're going to be talking to Jeff Howell. Jeff has sent us a quote from Louis Pasteur, 1822 to 1895. Come on, everybody. You've heard of pasteurized milk? That's where it came from. He was a French biologist, microbiologist, and chemist renowned for his discoveries of the principles of, very controversial today, we're not talking about it, vaccination, microbial fermentation, and pasteurization. He is remembered for his remarkable breakthroughs in the causes and preventions of diseases. We'll just leave that alone. And here is the quote, chance favors the prepared mind. Jeff Howell, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Bonnie, and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely delighted. You can thank Tom. He's the one who invited you. I'm just, I'm just the producer. So I'm <laughs> producer and the host. No, very happy to have you. Love the quote. Chance favors the prepared mind. It sounds like it's not just luck of the draw or luck of the cards. The prepared mind sounds like something more goes into this. What's your interpretation of that for our topic today? The mega trend of trusted products, Jeff? Yeah. And there's, um, a couple variations of this. And I, you know, I think back in early in my career, you know, a lot of us are told, hey, you got lucky. And, you know, luck. And then at one point in my career, somebody said, no, Jeff, you got to think of it like this. Luck favors a prepared. And that's the variant that I've kind of uh, lived with. And, and as I started learning a lot more about cybersecurity and that, you think about all the major breaches, whether it be on a product or in a breach in a company, um, it's really the prepared uh, who survive that. It's not so much the lucky. So, you know, there's two ways you can look at it. You can say, well, um, you got lucky or, you know, the people behind the scenes were actually very prepared and diligent in ensuring that that breach didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yep. Step up to the plate, but know what plate it is and where you're going and what you need to do to get there. And then hopefully the wind is blowing in the right direction when you're ready to hit that ball. Right, Jeff? That's right. Know what you're doing. Thank you very much. Pleasure to have you on. We have a lot more to learn from you during the show. A great quote, by the way. Tom Conan, SAP Industries, has a quote from Lady Gaga. Now, I can't read the whole quote on air because we don't use that kind of language. But I'll tell you, if anybody has literally been riding, living, sleeping, riding, hiding under a rock, Lady Gaga, her full name is Stefani Joanne Angelina Germanotta. Born in 1986, she's a mere 33 years old. Her stage name is Lady Gaga, American singer, songwriter, actress known for her unconventionality, provocative work, and visual experimentation. She started as a teenager singing at open mic nights and acting in school plays and went on to become one of the most successful performers, music artists in history. 27 million albums, 146 million singles as of 2016, nine Grammy Awards, Academy Award, BAFTA Award, Golden Globe Awards, Award from the Singers Hall of Fame and the Council of Fashion Designers. It must have been the meat dress. Let me read the quote before I get carried away here. Quote from Lady Gaga, selected by Tom. Tom, you're going to have to work hard on this one. Trust is like a mirror. You can fix it if it's broken, but you can still see the crack in that reflection. 
and it's a two words, and it starts with M. The second word is F, and it's an apostrophe S. Trust is like a mirror. You can fix it if it's broken, but you can still see the crack in that reflection. How would I do with that, Tom? Okay? <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> so, you know, I, I worked really hard to come up on air with a James Bond quote because, like, I think that's going to be my... Uh, thing going forward, but I, I really couldn't find anything because James Bond doesn't trust much or anything. That's right. Um, so I went to Lady Gaga because she played a concert at Sapphire a few weeks back, mm-hmm. and all my colleagues were raving about how awesome she was and how great she was. And I think with this quote, she's she's very right. So today we talk about trust, and as you said before, also it's it's one in drops but lost in buckets. And yes, if you make a mistake as a company or if you have a, a scandal or anything, of course you can fix it, but you'll never completely regain the trust that you had before. And I think many companies have the scar tissue to prove that and have mm-hmm. lived through uh, such events. So let's talk today about how technology can help to make these things better and even prevent it. Thank you very much, Tom. Very apt. And, and as I look at this quote, I think about it, it's really personal, very personal. You can take it that way as well as in the business world. Trust is something hard. Once it's broken, once that mirror is cracked, it's never going to go back the way it was. So wonderful words from Lady Gaga. <laughs> I, I, quick story. I just did a show an hour ago and one of the participants, one of the panelists lives in the London area and he said one of his favorite places to go, I think he said is Duke's Tavern and that's where Bond had his martinis. And we talked about the martinis. So nice of you to mention James <laughs> Bond an hour after. So I, yeah, we got to do something about 007 today. That's my one of my lucky numbers. So there we go. Thank you, Tom, and welcome back. Let's go around the table and find out a little more about our three panelists. We called us up close and personal. Tony Costa, three questions for you. Number one, where in the world are you today? Just in general, we don't need an address. Uh, number two, what's your favorite drink? You're in the food industry. I can't wait to hear what your favorite beverage is that powers you, that makes you smile, that relaxes you, anything. Little story would be great. And then number three, tell us about your role at Bumblebee Seafood. Tony Costa, you're up. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, So I'm currently in San Diego, California, where our headquarters is, which I try to say that without smiling. But uh, (laughs) typically, uh, it's beautiful and sunny, but unfortunately, we've we've had the rain, but we need it. Um, So what's in my cup? Uh, I have an extra large venti cup of Starbucks. They uh, they got me uh, every morning. I'm an early <laughs> riser. I'm up between five fifteen, five thirty, and I've been trained to uh, go directly to Starbucks and start my day with a big, huge, large cup of uh, of coffee. <laughs> I love where you said yeah. you've been trained. Who trained you, Tony? Was that the the literature, or was that the buzz from Starbucks, Tony Costa? We expect to see you early every morning. Where'd it come from? Exactly. I don't know. You know, the, the marketing machine called Starbucks is, uh, you know, they've, they've convinced me that their coffee's better. I don't know why. I, I pay a huge premium for it, but, you know, it's become a routine. Um, Thank you very much. Good. Thank you for the honesty check, the reality check. Now, what do you do at Bumblebee? You can even give us a little history of the company if you'd like, Tony. And everybody knows the name. It's a brand we all know. I, I trust it. So tell me a little bit about the company and what you do, please. Oh, sure. We're uh, about a 120-year-old uh, um, company uh, focused on delivering nutritious uh, seafood. And, you know, we've always been um, um, considered a leader when it comes to, as I mentioned before, food safety and sustainability is a huge uh, pillar for us. And we're very active in communities around the world and sustainable fishing and, and participate in a number of different areas. So everybody probably most knows us. We're most known for our tuna, uh, shelf-stable tuna, but we also have brands like Cloverleaf in in Canada. Mm. And we are the largest shelf-stable seafood company in North America. And what does shelf-stable mean? Tell me, please. Uh, Anything in a can or um, um, readily available. We also have a frozen uh, uh, product that we also serve. So... Tuna, sardines, clams, you name it. 
Thank you very much. Pleasure to get to know you and have you on the show. And we're looking forward to a lot more of your insights. Jeff Howell, working my way around the table. Same three questions. Where are you today? What do you love to drink? Or or what has got you loving it drinking, like, like Tony's story? And what are you doing at SAP in high-tech industry? Yeah, hi. Um, okay, so starting... Uh with uh, where am I located? I'm just a little north of Tony. I'm in Palo Alto, California. And mm-hmm. as he said, we need the rain, and we're getting plenty of it late in the season, which is great. Um, this happens to be uh, more or less home for me. I grew up on the beach out in a little town called Half Moon Bay. So I always feel like I'm at home here in Palo Alto. Uh, what's, in my, what's in my cup? I have to say the uh, favorite drink of mine is uh, Pellegrino water. Um, I know what it is. No matter where I'm at in the world, mm-hmm. I can usually find it. Uh, I can trust it. And uh, kind of part of the theme of the show today, but uh, it's refreshing. You don't need ice necessarily. I can have it. And it's always, um, it's always kind of a refreshing, healthy thing to drink. So uh, Pellegrino water, I would say, is my, my uh, drink of choice. Interesting. And there's a uh, consistency and there's trust in that, isn't that, Jeff? You, you trust it's always going to be Pellegrino. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Okay. I know exactly what I'm getting when they bring it on the table or I buy it at the store. I open it up. I know exactly what I'm getting. There you go. Um, okay. Talk to me. What do you do? So what do I do uh, at SAP? So I'm in charge of our uh, strategy and future roadmap for the high-tech industry, which includes original equipment manufacturers or OEMs for short, uh, semiconductor companies, and independent software vendors. So there's really three verticals that we look at. Um, when we're trying to come up with a roadmap over the next two to five years. And uh, the blockchain topic is of particular interest to us, and we've invested quite a bit in that um, just over the last year or so, um, because we stumbled across a very interesting statistic. Depending on the report you read, um, it's presumed that uh, there's $8 billion of uh, counterfeit semiconductor chips uh, just coming out of the U.S. alone, um, and that's being injected in the uh, supply chain problem. I should say it's an $8 billion problem. It's an impact to the semiconductor companies. But you could also say, well, too bad that if you're a semiconductor company because it's also um, a public health problem. Uh, they've confiscated fake chips in the construction of nuclear submarines a few years ago. It's also reported they found them in medical devices and even automobile applications like uh, seatbelt tensioning systems. So um, these, uh, this counterfeit chip problem is, a, is a, I would characterize as an epidemic, and it's something that I said uh, we've been investing uh, just in the hypothesis of uh, does blockchain present itself as a solution to prevent counterfeit mm-hmm. chips from being ejected in the supply chain? Interesting. And, and you know, I've, I've heard that I'm a programmer from way back in the day, probably before a couple of you were born, at least, Tom. And I remember we used to have a phrase called Geico, garbage in, garbage out. Is it true, Jeff, that if you put garbage data into the blockchain, it's going to be garbage? It's not, nothing will make it better. It won't be truer. It won't be more reliable. Is that accurate for blockchain for the, the pros and cons? Yeah, it's absolutely accurate. And to make, you know, one of the um, attributes of blockchain is they they use a term called immutable records. So Mm -hmm. once that garbage gets written in there, you can't ever get it out. Forever. So that's something that you have to be very aware of. Thank you. Just wanted to do that reality check. Everybody thinks, oh, we go into blockchain, everybody's going to be great. No, nope. You put bad stuff in, it's going to stay there. That's what you got. It won't be changed, but it will not be good. Tom Conan, pleasure to have you on again. Please tell us where in the world you are. I know we called you. What do you love to drink and what are you doing? You have to explain your title, please. Innovation Scout for SAP Industries. Tom, you're up. Thank you, Bonnie. So I'm calling from the ultra rainy Heidelberg in Germany. Um, in my cup earlier before we started the call was actually my leftover breakfast drink. So every breakfast I drink a a smoothie that consists of uh, fruit like banana, some berries, half an avocado, and some yogurt, and then maybe whatever else I can find in the fridge or in the kitchen. Because uh, I'm not a big breakfast eater, I like to get my day started quickly, and that's just perfect. And I I drank the leftovers before the call because I know I had to postpone my dinner a little bit. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so, and then 
my title is actually an interesting one. When we when I started this role, there was no real precedent. There's n- no one I could copy a title from that would be similar to what I was doing. So we we went around. I went around with a few colleagues and we discussed the name and 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 what it should be like. And we knew it had to be innovation, but it, it didn't want to be something generic like lead or project manager or anything. So we <laughs> we kicked around a few. Uh, of those names, and then the the one we chose was basically the one that the people like best, right? Where it's um, just a scout where I'm looking for new technologies, I'm looking for use cases, but then basically I also uh, communicate the results, and and I think that's that's what it's all about: is being on the lookout for what is happening in the world, and then what we ca- what can we derive from that for uh, for enterprise software, because ultimately, uh, when it becomes important to our customers, of course, we want to make them happy, right? So, in in that sense, I'm a, I'm a scout. Like, maybe you have talent scouts in in football or in in any other uh, sport, and I do the same with uh, technologies and and use cases. That's an exciting job, Tom Conan. I think a lot of people would love to have your job. Bravo on such an innovative title. I will just mention that I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm here in Durham, North Carolina. It's a magnificent day. Our temperature spread is now down from 40 degrees a day to about 20. So we started out at a balmy 64. We're supposed to get up to 84 by this evening. Sometimes we start at 35 and go up to 90. You do the math. It's a beautiful day. It's my second summer in Durham and um, learning to live with the frogs and the green dust and uh, the bugs and and the sunshine and it's very nice here. I'm not allowed to drink anything with caffeine in it, Tony, on radio show days. And this is my second show. I did one an hour ago. So they only let me drink water. And I think you know why. So I'm just going to say to our listeners, we appreciate your being here. I have a mega, super, very smart panel today. The topic is Megatrends Trusted Products. Who doesn't want this? You want people to trust your company. Are you doing something good? Good products, good services, everything good. You have to earn that trust, and then the hard part comes. You have to keep it. You want loyal customers, no matter what industry, what footprint, where you are, how big you are, where you're based, whether you're B2B, B2C, trust. That's one of the key words everywhere today for every company. So we're talking about trusted products. How can technology help you get your products to be trusted? It's a good thing all the way around. My special panelists are Tony Costa at Bumblebee Seafood, Jeff Howell at SAP, and Tom Conan, the scout at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back. 90 seconds. Count them along with us. Don't even think of changing or touching that mouse, that app, that dial, whatever you're doing. We'll be right back. Aaron out. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. How do we feed 10 billion people? How can we design a circular and sustainable economy? How will mobility evolve? How can we enjoy lifelong health? These are some of the big questions of today. The world's political, social, and economic leaders, and every single one of us, need to find new ways to create a sustainable and livable planet. Game-changing Megatrends brings you insights from the thought leaders who are working to making this happen. We'll delve into global challenges from health to education, energy, and mobility, and learn how technology can help address these megatrends to create a better world and new business opportunities. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Game-Changing Megatrends, presented by SAP. You're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Game-Changing Megatrends. 
Welcome back. Our mega trends focus today is on trusted products. I have a little sidebar to tell you. I'm on Twitter here tweeting at hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O, yes. And there's a picture of Joe Namath, the football star, with Gary Vaynerchuk, known as Gary V. It looks like it's in Gary's wine store or something with a lot of bottles behind him. And the caption here on Twitter is, we guarantee it, and the the handle is Real Joe Namath. So we're talking about trusted products. We're talking about trusting that people are real, too. I just wanted to show that. It just happened to pop up while I'm on the radio here. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we're speaking today with Tony Costa at Bumblebee Seafood, Jeff Howell at SAP, and Tom Conan at SAP. I'm waiting to hear if Tom is back. We had to call him back. So, Tony Costa, you have agreed graciously to be the first one up. He's back. Good. First one up in the roundtable. I'm going to read a couple of lines you sent me before the show, and then you're going to tell us what it all means. Tony said, quote, everybody listen up. Very important. Purpose-driven initiatives today are quickly becoming the standard by which value is generated and monetized. Alignment to company values and technology will provide competitive differentiation in the marketplace. Words of wisdom. Tony Costa, please tell us more. Absolutely, Bonnie. Um, So going back to a lot of what we talk about here, when you talk about food safety, sustainability, traceability, um, it, you couldn't be more purpose-driven than those. And we listen to our consumers, we listen to our retailers. And when, you know, we take a step back and what we've done over the last year or two, we've worked closely with SAP to implement blockchain, uh, a, a blockchain project, giving us the ability to trace fish all the way from Indonesia to the consumer. So think about, you know, when you go to the supermarket, you pick up that package of seafood, you turn it over in the back, you can scan a QR code, and I'm going to tell you exactly where that fish came from, what kind of species it is, if it's fair trade or not certified, the, the, the method of how we caught that fish. Full transparency to the consumer, as well as a bunch of other areas that we can talk about later that we could uh, additional details to the retailers. So building that trust and being able to convey that to the consumer in a in a fashion that's relatable to them, using innovation technology, we think, is a huge uh, uh, direction for purpose-driven initiatives. Thank you, Tony. Before I bring in Jeff and Tom to comment on what you said, I have a quick question for you. When we talk about alignment to company values, uh, I used that in my opening. I talked about... Is it something that matters to someone? Do they agree with where your brand is going, your position, whatever you say, how, how you invest your money, where you put your people and all that? Do you think this is something that comes with the, oh, the feared M word? No, it's not marriage. It's millennials. Do you think this comes with the, the emergence of millennials in so many prominent positions in enterprises all over the world, or do you think that every demographic cohort, that's a big word meaning age group, uh, do you think every demographic cohort is more aligned with, should I, can I trust the brand I'm going to buy from? What's your, what's your observation, Tony? Yeah, I would, I would agree somewhat with that. Um, millennials have challenged us um, mm-hmm. early on. But I think everybody's becoming more educated. And, and I would say all of our consumers, regardless of, of age or demographic, um, definitely want to know what they're eating and that it is safe. And that has challenged us as a company on, on the way that we conduct our business. So when we talk about pers- purpose-driven, we truly we, – we come to work with those monikers in mind. It's just not a pillar in our objectives, and we talk about sustainability mm-hmm. and traceability and food safety – it is truly what we live by as a company, and hopefully it resonates with our consumers and retailers. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Yes, everybody's in on this. Let's get Jeff Howell at SAP to join the conversation. Agree or disagree with the basically position statement that Tony shared with us. Jeff? Well, I, I do agree, but I'm also intrigued on um, an aspect of that, and that is um, there's this natural tension uh, with these uh, corporate responsibility initiatives, but also profitability. And I um, remember one of our high-tech customers made a statement once at one of our council meetings, and he said, you know, whenever you implement a security measure of any kind, um, the company doesn't get any more revenue. And his point hmm. was that, you know, it's, it's a very um, difficult presentation to make to executives to get funding for some of these things. And I'd just be interested in knowing more about how um, Bumblebee's senior executives and Tony's peers reacted um, when he presented this uh, as, a, as a potential 
um, alternative. Tony, you want to chime fun. in, and, and we'll we'll have Tom wait a moment until you respond. Tony, love to get your thoughts on this. Thank you, Jeff. Very provocative, Tony. Absolutely, that's a great question. I will yep. tell you, Jeff, that it took me months and months. I personally championed this 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 uh, this initiative within the company. I went to Indonesia three times in the last year and continued to convey what I thought the purpose-driven results would be. I will, mm-hmm. I will amplify exactly what you're saying. Everyone on the executive team asked me, how do we monetize the investment? And how does this translate to more cases of tuna being sold? And that's a perfect question. Um, a lot of it is there's a cost of doing business, but I will tell you, after we went live on March 8th, the, the immense positive feedback that we've received within not only our industry, but across all industries has been, been immense. We've been, and exactly how I portrayed it to our executive team, we might not be able to charge more for, for our product, but we hopefully uh, will translate to more business wins, more sales, and uptick in, in consumer confidence and, 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 and obviously purchases. So that's, and we're starting to see that, and we've only been in, you know, uh, post-implementation a couple months, and I've got some great stories about that. Tony, great points you brought up. We may not be able to charge more for, for a can of tuna, but look at all the other business value we're getting from the initiative. I'm very glad you brought that up. Let's get Tom Conan in on this. And, Jeff, again, thank you for the great point that we got Tony to, to share and answer. Tom Conan, very, very good conversation. Uh, what would you like to say about what we're discussing right now? So I think both are spot on, but I want to add to it, right? Even though Tony said he couldn't charge more for his product or he doesn't want to do it because in face of the consumer, it might not feel fair, but our data actually shows that he could do it. So 66% hmm. of consumers would be willing to pay more if they know that the good is sustainable and if it meets their expectations, right? And that's that's two-thirds of, of all people, right? And I think that's a very strong number that we see. Um, and I think some some brands we already see going in that direction. And and I think that's substantial evidence for, for such a business case as well, even if you choose not to monetize it immediately. Very interesting points. Great conversation around the table. Tony, before I move on to something from Jeff's notes, you said you had some interesting stories. You want to share one with us? This would be a good time. Sure. Within uh, a week or two of our initial launch, um, we've been contacted by two or three of the largest retailers in the U.S. to come visit them and talk about blockchain and full transparency and how we can do uh, a partnership between them and SAP. And, you know, everybody's eager because this is a an interesting dilemma on how do you unlock, unlock the code to successfully using blockchain and CPG. And we've seen to we've hit a chord here and it all comes down to, and I'll go back to, you know, we have the, the perfect uh, use case and it's embedding trust from the time we, we capture a fish in Indonesia until it's delivered to the consumer. And that is, re- that, that is relevant to what we're hearing in the marketplace. And I think it's sparked a lot of, uh, a lot of interest. Thank you very much. It, Tony, it seems like such a simple idea whose time has come or whose time has always been here. It's something that's so – let me just ask you a quick question. I know we're not going to focus on Bumblebee, but is the brand as well-known around the world as it is in the U.S.? Because I grew up with Bumblebee tuna. So are you as, as well-known in other countries, in, in Europe, in Asia? What's, what's the reputation? Nope. No, we're just uh, mainly focused on North America, so it's U.S., Canada, and uh, some of the Caribbean. Okay, interesting. Well, I have to warn you that we have a global audience, and you might find an uptick in sales after this show. I'm I'm warning you. Okay, there might maybe a, a new new demand. So let, let you'll keep me posted on that. Thank you, Tony. Jeff Howell, I'm looking at your comments here. Here's something interesting about trust. You say the high tech industry is known as relying on external vendors as a fact of life, often in Asia, to produce their goods on their behalf. This is referred to as outsourcing. And then you say. The origin of outsourcing in the high-tech industry could go back to the early 90s, and the driver was all about costs, strictly financial. However, 
this has led to problems, specifically trust. Okay, let's get away from food for a few minutes, although I'm sure, well, it's uh, 12.39 here on the East Coast, so I'm hungry. I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners are. But, Jeff, talk to me about the trust in the outsourcing industry, good, bad, or ugly. What's the status? Uh, it's actually all the above. So um, mm. we looked at trust as, um, and, or I should say this, gaps in trust between um, the OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers, and any of their outsourcing partners uh, fall in really two categories. Uh, one is um, gaps in trust due to malicious issues, but there's also a, a high number of gaps in trust that are related to non-malicious intent. And I can give you an example. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say we're manufacturing uh, or we're an OEM, a brand for uh, computers. And we tell our uh, manufacturing partner out in Asia, we say, well, uh, in June, I want a 1,000 computers to be delivered to this location. Mm-hmm. And that communication stream is uh, usually um, done over email. There's some B2B connections. Uh, it could be done over fax. And then the, the manufacturer receives this demand signal, and they say, yeah, we can do that. And they'll say, yeah, we can, we can commit to 1,000. Well, between now and June, the OEM has been known to change their minds. They might say, oh, actually, I only need 900. And they say, yeah, no problem, we'll give you the 900. Mm. Oh, actually, now it's up to 1,200. Now we mm. get into June, and the OEM says, okay, do you have my 1,000 computers in, in San Francisco? And they say, oh, you mean the 1,500 that you ordered? And that's an example of non-malicious gaps in trust uh, that where we say, okay, well, now we have to go fishing around through all of our, uh, no pun intended, Tony, but we have to go looking <laughs> through all of our different records um, to see what the OEM originally said and reconcile that to original uh, commitments. And this back and forth and this, this breakdown in trust, because somebody's going to have to pay for that um, incremental um, manufacturing costs that they incurred when they made the additional 500. And so um, this bad record keeping, as it were, um, creates a lot of problems and inefficiencies and a lot of excess costs. Um, but it's not malicious. It's just bad record keeping. And this is where we think blockchain is showing some promise because we can write these um, transactions or these requests to a blockchain. It's immutable, as I mentioned earlier, so it can't mm-hmm. be erased. And there's also another aspect to this that can be enabled with blockchain. It's a security topic called non-repudiation. And non-repudiation is, is a fancy term that the banking industry uses, saying you can't deny having seen this. And uh, through digital signatures and so on, we can prove that you actually got this message. So that's another safeguard we can put in the blockchain as a, as a technology to solve that problem where we can say, okay, I sent you a thousand. I see here that you acknowledge it. I also see here that you saw it, et cetera. And we have perfect record keeping, and that'll eliminate a lot of the excess waste and costs, and and maybe it's um, other inefficiencies that are derived from this. And so that's just one example of maybe trust. Uh, we always associate with malicious intent, but this is an example of non-malicious intent. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Tom Conan, would you like to comment on what Jeff just shared, or do you have another example? I'm open to either one. Absolutely. I think what makes sense is uh, to look for these cases in, in your company in where you have a mismatch between what was communicated or where trust was abused, even maybe non-intentionally, as, as Jeff explained, and then look at those areas and say, how could we improve it with technology, right? As, as Jeff said, is, do we need an immutable record, right, to strengthen this relationship and to, to strengthen um, also the business relationship that we have? Or is it just a lack of transparency that creates insecurity in our business model and with our customers? And those are the typical problems that we can see addressed by, um, by blockchain, right? So all of the goods where it's really core to our beliefs, right, like like technology is or like food is, this is really essential, and I think we will see a big uptake uh, in these use cases, and we, we will see more and more companies employ technologies such as blockchain to, um, to strengthen the relationship either between the business to the business or to the business to the customer, even along multiple hierarchies or between multiple companies, because that's where blockchain really plays its strength. 
Thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Uh, who's next? Tony? Yeah, sure. Um, Talk to me. Fascinating topic, actually, uh, yeah. Jeff, because uh, having been in the IT industry for decades, um, you know, we used to, we, you know, when you started doing multi-level sourcing, you always looked at trust as, as, as a, a technology implementation around like VPN or secure communications or even audit monitoring because it became obvious to me early on that you had to have a strategy that was multi-source uh, to, be, to remain competitive. But there was always that trust factor that we all had to deal with back in the day of, you know, out of sight, out of mind, not uh, physically located right next to right next to the next person in the next cube. And so that is a great point that you bring up around how do we leverage blockchain to facilitate and, and actually strengthen that, those partnerships and uh, something that I actually hadn't even thought about when you talk about blockchain. There you go. That's why we're on this show, having these good conversations. Thank you very much. Jeff, anything you want to add? Good topic, because I have something I want to squeeze in. Oh, we have uh, six minutes before we go to our predictions round, the crystal balls. I have something from Tom's list. But, Jeff, anything you want to add before I move on? No. Uh, go for it. I think we're down to okay. six minutes, so we should probably keep Thank moving. you very much. Listen, every 10 seconds counts when you're on live radio. I appreciate that. Tom, here's an interesting statement you sent me. They were all interesting. You say, trust in the past has mostly been linked to a brand. Today, with new technologies like blockchain, as we're talking about, we can establish trust at the product level, which helps the brand. But here's what I want to focus on, Tom. You said, suddenly, it is no longer about a multi-million dollar advertising and marketing budget. It's about doing the right things right. Do companies understand this, Tom? We're going to go around the table after you comment. Do companies get this, that it's it, trust is is tied to a specific product or a specific service? And Tony knows this all too well. And doing the right things right. So tell me something. How, how well known is this premise or caveat? What do you think? Tony Costa, rescue me here, please. Tony, my good friend. Good. I know you do. I know you do. Tony, talk about this product level trust. How important is it? I love this topic. I, I think historically, when you look at large company footprints, it was always considered a measure of strength and success. And now I was at a conference at the end of last fall at a major manufacturing company, everybody knows, and their head of marketing got up and was, was talking about their strategy and their number one concerned competitor in their market space was startup companies. Mm-hmm. And it just resonated with me as a as a as a hundred and twenty year old brand as a large company. We all struggle with the ability to innovate and be nimble and be flexible and those kind of things. So in the past, where uh, consumers used to look at a brand as you know the stability of their financials and how long they've been around, now you have all this new innovative products that stand for something that are purpose driven that become and it could be five, ten, fifteen people out of the out of their garage selling tens of millions of dollars of product because it resonates with the consumer. So I think the the landscape has changed from that perspective. And and Tony, social media changed that. So the the idea that one person can have a voice that literally resonates and echoes all over the world just from one tweet or a Facebook post or a LinkedIn uh, a LinkedIn conversation, if you will, or a posing a question. Do you think this has amplified that level of trust that 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 person becomes more important to your brand and your company now? I, I couldn't say it better, Bonnie. The, the 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 reach that a company has today with social media and the different ways to digitally connect with the consumer and the retailers is unprecedented. And how you leverage those 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 tools and platforms and communication, we know and should know everybody that's buying your product, when they're buying it, where they're buying it, you know, the demographics and all that data is resident mm-hmm. and how a company consumes that and leverages it will be a huge differentiator of the future. Thank you very much. Jeff Howell, join us on this one. We're almost, Tony, I want you to get ready for your prediction. We'll go around the table. But Jeff, I want you to have the last word on this, the idea of product level trust, of one person having a voice that could make or break that trust. What do you think? Yeah, imperative. Uh, mm-hmm. If you think about just how prolific um, semiconductors 
the chips are being used in just about all of our products. Any modern device is going to have something. Um, and most modern devices now will have some connectivity. And so uh, if you connect a thermostat or anything else to the Internet, there will be um, a vulnerability. And if it's exploited, that's going to be reflective of the brand of the company who built it, um, not the network security of the individual. So it's very important that these connected products at the same time have a high level of trust. The social media one I think is interesting too because uh, you know we all know that the social media companies themselves are actually um, under a lot of scrutiny right now across the globe um, for their um, ability to maintain a neutral environment and, and also um, secure the privacy of their users. So I think this trust topic is just massive, and it, it, it'll be further regulated, I believe. We'll get into that later. But I think that uh, companies who are building products, hardware products, with more and more software, more and more connectivity, will have to incorporate trust as a matter of their design. Very interesting, and I'll tell you that an hour ago, the show I did on our uh, game-changing the user design experience, the topic was digital ethics in AI as part of the design process. Big topic. You just linked together with that, Jeff, very well. Tom, I'm going to wait to give get you up for the prediction. I'm hoping your line is a little better. So, Tony Costa, you're up next. Tony, 60 seconds. Let's fast forward to anywhere from 10 minutes after the show is over today to the year 2025, if you want to go out that far. What will change about the nature? I'm going to, oh, I think I have something provocative to say here, Tony. The nature and nurture of trusted products. Do you like that? I love it. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I will tell you, um, the speed of innovation is real. And these technologies and platforms and computing platforms are unprecedented. And for us as a company, we need to figure out how to leverage that. You, you look at blockchain, RPA, machine learning, artificial intelligence, as you talked about, it will completely transform the way that we run our companies. Yeah. And on the flip side, it transforms the way that you communicate with your consumers, with your retailers, anybody that consumes your products. And for us, and I alluded to it before, data to me is the most important corporate currency we have. We mm-hmm. know at the second when somebody buys a can of tuna in Iowa at this store and on and on and on and how we use that to leverage and utilize that data in absolute real time will differentiate ourselves from, from anybody in the marketplace. And I'll, and I'll finish with this, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea I have of, of change or be replaced. You've got yeah. to be innovating your product. You have to be leveraging new technology. And that goes for your company. When you look at the culture and the people and the process, as I had uh, an hour-long conversation with our CEO last week about where do we see our company, not in five years, in five months, yes. in 12 months, in 18 months, because that's how I think we, we need to look at it. Thank you very much. And it took me a while to figure out how my local Harris Teeter was sending me ads every week, Tony, on email. And that those were custom. I know you're laughing at me. Custom. We do a show on, we have a retail leader series here. And we had some grocery yep. people on. They said, Bonnie, that's for you because they know your VIC card. That's like the VIP. It's called VIC. Your card, what you purchased went on that card. It's in your file. And when they email to you, they pick up what you bought last week or the week before. And they're putting those things on special for you. Took me a while to figure out it was completely personalized and I kind of liked it it wasn't too much big brother big sister big mommy or daddy it was was kind of interesting so I look forward to those ads Jeff Howell I saved 60 seconds for you they're all yours talk fast go ahead okay Uh, yeah I'm thinking about this I almost go back to the mid 90s when the internet was just being born actually being used in more commercial context and it was completely insecure it was an insecure form of communication and it wasn't until the late 90s that we had a protocol called secure socket layer that encrypted the traffic between someone's computer and a server so then mm-hmm. we could do real commerce, right? And we could do banking transactions and that. And as I said earlier, and we discussed this about um, uh, the supply chains. Well, in the 90s, we just outsourced a lot of supply chain um, vendors and that. And a lot of the employees that aren't vetted. We don't have them next door, as Tony mentioned earlier. Uh, they're not just, you know, one cube over. We didn't consider trust, much like the Internet didn't consider security 
uh, back in the 90s. And I think now we're at an inflection point where we have to add in that layer of trust, recognizing it's, very, it's an imperative. So I believe that procurement is going to change, uh, maybe not next year, but certainly in the mid-2020s, I can envision a time when all this commerce, this B2B commerce, especially for high-value, high-risk uh, devices like semiconductors, that commerce will be conducted through a blockchain level. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my prediction. Thank you. Love it. Tom Conan, you picked a heck of a topic for our show today. This is huge and very important. Tom, I have 60 seconds with your name on them for your prediction. What would you like to share with us? Thank you, Bonnie. Yeah, you're right. It's an interesting topic, and apologies for dropping not so much nope. trust. In we got most of you. Yet. We trust you, Tom. <laughs> we trust you. <laughs> so um, what's my prediction? Right? I think in the next few years, we will see a lot of companies audit their practices, right? their business practices and their business models to see what are potential areas that could be dangerous or that could jeopardize trust, right? And that can be anything from fair labor, sustainable resourcing, environment problems, the material sourcing, or even third-party meddling in your supply chain or in your business process. And you have to scrutinize this and ask yourselves, okay, what if my business practice was on TV tomorrow in the news and people would ask other questions, right? And then mm-hmm. once you've resolved all of these challenges or problems, uh, you, you will address them, and only then will you be able to create uh, the transparency uh, across your supply chains and across your products um, like Tony does. And then you can even highlight your best practices and say, look, we trust this product from when we uh, we create it or we catch it or we, we build it all the way till it gets to you, dear consumer, and even ever after. And I think that's the big change that we will see uh, over the next couple of years. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. And kudos to you on picking a superb panel and a wonderful topic. I love the Megatrends show. Thank you so much to our engineer extraordinaire, Aaron Keller, at Business Channel for getting us on the air and keeping us there. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. You're going to need it in the world of trust. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Tony Costa at Bumblebee Seafood, just like Jeff Howell at SAP, and just like Tom Conant at SAP. Have a great day. I'll be back tomorrow with Rip from the headlines what's happening in the future of automotive 11 a.m eastern right here on the business channel on coffee break with game changers bye bye thanks again for tuning in to game changing mega trends presented by sap the best run sap to keep the conversation going tweet your questions and comments to twitter hashtag sap radio Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.